your face was frozen. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you can see it on your screen, but on my screen it shows me I've got that one little tiny bar of Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. So. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Where are you today? Where am I? I am in Oklahoma. <clears throat> Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma. Freaking Homa. Eric, I think, is the name of the town. I don't, I don't know. Just across the border. So Eric, Oklahoma. We need to insert some train horn sounds now. Yeah, was that a... How bad was that? Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> I mean, you gave the sign, so I was like, I'm doing it. We're going We're going full. So Yeah, I don't... I don't I don't think they believe you were actually driving that thing. They were like, who else is in there? Just him. What? Just him. What? That's what they said. What does that even mean? I'm a freaking I'm a bus driving professional after this trip. That's all well, I'm gonna say. I, I hope so. <laughs> I was pretty I was pretty surprised to run back into you and I thought you'd made a wrong turn, was headed the wrong direction. Yeah, it was weird because the maps kept saying go to 10 west and i was like i don't want to go west i should only be going east but the route we're taking back is a little bit north and over basically over texas we're, we still went through texas today but not near as much as we did on the way over yeah so that's a little strange but i think you're on the route now that i took with the with the ducati when i drove it back from connecticut did you go through oklahoma mm-hmm. just went through the top of the top of texas and then did the oklahoma oklahoma city Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then came yeah. up through okay. Soldier Summit into Moab. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to go back down south or if I'm going to cut through Tennessee. Because we got a, a plan the trip with a bit more time on the way on the way back, so we can kind of stop and actually do some sightseeing, maybe. Almost stayed at the uh, Crater City. Crater City. In New Mexico? I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> so... Anyway. Yeah, man. You should find one more racetrack. On the way back? Yeah, you got motorcycles in the trailer. You know, it's tempting. I was actually thinking about that today. I was like, man, if I had done if I had done the math beforehand and set this up right, I'd be doing a track day on the way back. But on the way before planning the whole trip, the only info I had was that in an RV you you know, you shouldn't do more than three or four hundred miles a day. And I was like, That is that's ridiculous. Turns out that's because people we're answering that question based off of like for RV travel. I want to see the world, right? Like anything more than that, you're not, you're going to be driving too much. You're not going to see anything. Well, I mean, we're packing seven, 800 mile days here. So we're, we're kind of just hanging out. But yeah, on the way before everything, I was like, I have no idea, you know, if this thing will even do over 60 miles an hour, what it's going to look like. So anyway, I can vouch it was doing pretty good. You were. You're about 72 miles an hour there across the flats. Yeah. I mean, the hills, it's old. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I've passed plenty of vehicles I didn't think I would going up hills and wherever else. So, yeah. Well, Arizona drivers, man. I wasn't, I wasn't used to that. Hello, Arizona drivers. But <laughs> when the speed limit said 75 everybody was going 70 when it said 65 everybody was going 60 at least on my way in and mm -hmm. i was i was trying to figure that out because i'm like you know that that's just a guideline everywhere i've been if it says 80 you go 90 if it says 70 you go 80 right right but i was having a hard time keeping the speed limit because too many cars were in the way which is really strange because a long time ago, I, I went to Arizona and like through Phoenix, I specifically remember people doing like if you weren't doing 20 over, you were getting blown down. Like we were getting passed like crazy. And I asked, I remember asking my mom, be like, why aren't you doing the speed limit? And she's like, I'm doing 10 over. And we're just people are just <laughs> flying by. I was like, oh, OK. So, well, it was slow on the way in. People were going faster on the way out. And you know what? Maybe we that forgot? tells you all you need to know. Do you know what we forgot? What? The intro. We haven't forgot. I was just getting ready to say, roll the intro. Oh. All right. Well, we can roll the intro, I guess. Yesterday at one point, I was doing six.
And we're back. We're back. And we're live. Kind of. Kind glitchy. of. Glitchy. A little glitchy <laughs> live. Glitchy yeah. live. Well, so uh, what have we been doing? That's what I was just about to say. I was going to say the intro. You know, we were kind of talking about Arizona, Oklahoma, Texas, driving, speeding, not speeding, always obeying the law. Maybe speeding where it's legal at the uh, racetrack, our favorite place to speed. Right. What type of speeds did you see at the racetrack this past weekend? Well, I seen, according to the according to the old lap timer, by the end there, I was seeing some one fifty sixes. Okay, you? so it did go up. It did go up from your uh, one what one forty seven. You'd said yes, I, and and Earlier I got. I got one of the greatest compliments of my life this weekend. And what was that? Um, I asked someone to tell my wife that I was doing okay. And he said, I was crazy good on the brakes. There you go. All right. That's, that's always a weak point for me. And so... Whether they were lying to make me feel good or not, it made me feel good. Yeah, yeah. The brakes I'm is my uh, that might be my only saving grace out there because I'm not, I'm not fast by any means. But there are some times where I will, I will outbreak some people. I get this weird <laughs> trust in brakes, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's good. The bikes are fine. And uh, this weekend for me, like I told you, was the first time I've ever actually had the back tire get kind of squirrely sideways on me coming down the straight. And then breaking pretty freaking hard at the end. And I don't know. I didn't have the lap timer on the Aprilia, but I mean, it's set up to 171 at one point. So who knows if that's true or not. Yeah. But you've, you've got it pretty geared. So pretty it's, probably, it's probably off. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Did you ever look at the lap timer on the Zoop? No, because I still can't figure out. To be fair, I haven't really messed with it yet because we were at Carolina and then I was replacing some things and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but never got into the lap timer before we got there and it, it still like won't save anything. Like the only, I have like my best lap from the last session up in the top right corner and that's it. I can't, it just says memory empty every time I pull in. So I don't know. Not sure exactly what's going on with that. Um, I know I cleared it because it was memory full. So I hooked it up to a computer, pulled everything off, and cleared it. And then since then, it just won't save anything anymore. So who knows? That'll be my uh, – I got to do oil change, uh, actually finish the other thing that we got to talk about, and then get some new parts for the Aprilia, and possibly do a, a thermostat on the Suzuki. I don't think so. I think it's okay. It acted fine the rest of the day. I'm just going to look around. Gotta, I got to pull all the fairings off and look around and figure out what might have happened. And clean um, your wheels. And clean my wheels, yeah. You know, I've realized, uh, again, because I was putting parts on and whatnot from Carolina Motorsports Park down to Arizona, I had like a hold of four days with the bike out of a trailer before I put it back in a trailer and left. When he was saying, and the rest of your bike, I, I got back to the pits and looked in the belly pan and it's got all this like sand and gravel and stuff from riding it through the dirt in Carolina Motorsports Park. It's like, ah, that's what he means. Yeah, that's pretty fair. So, yeah. Clean your bikes, people. Yeah, clean your bikes, especially your wheels. That's why you get black wheels. If you haven't ever realized, black wheels always look much cleaner. That's why That's why you're saying it, because you've got black wheels on all your bikes, so you don't actually have to clean them. That ain't true. If you would have been paying any attention, you would have seen me pull that back tire off, clean the whole thing before I took it down there to get a new one. Yeah, that's true. You're pretty good about cleaning your stuff. I just always forget, like, I'll, I'll change a tire on the, like, that's what happened with that green rim. All those, all the marks on it was just my fingerprints from changing tires. Yeah, so, you see I me. I even had to clean the, I even had to clean the grubby fingerprints off my trailer wheels from the Walmart guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, how about that, uh, how about that Rabaconda, though? After seeing it in person, what'd you think? Long silence. Any longer, the silence will need an edit. I I like it. Not like actually, I'd, I mean, no, I, I think, it, but I think as far as manual tire changes go, absolutely. Um, it's a 
it's a great thing. And for the situation, it was awesome for, mm-hmm. for what we needed it for. I was just thinking like in context of my needs, I'm okay with just, I mean, I'm going to be changing multiple wheels on a race day, for example. I don't want to be doing it. Right. If I got a pit crew there to help me out, then perfect. But for the most part, I'm okay just taking it down to the Dunlop guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think I agree with that. I think the for me, it's still nice to have at home. Definitely saves, saves some time at home, which I don't know. It seems like anymore you're kind of just at the track getting your tires changed there. But for me, I'm still doing quite a few at home. Um, and then also, you know, if I bring like a set of reins or an extra set of slicks or something like that. So, no, I agree. I don't know. I've, all, I, I've always had tire changing stuff in the toolbox. Never used it. Had this actually used it. Wasn't too bad. So, no, I think I'm not taking anything away from it. I just, like I said, I'll, I'll reiterate again. I think as far as manual tire changers go, absolutely better than getting on your hands and knees and trying to change one of those things with forks right or spoons or knives or whatever other kitchenware we can insert in there <laughs> but uh but i don't want i don't want to do that anymore either i'm getting old man i changed like four tires a couple weekends ago just getting ready for something and it was like one right after another just swapping everything and by like mm-hmm. the third one i was like what am i doing my time's more valuable than this well i'm surprised you don't have a machine out in your in the shop yeah i should just gonna be maybe someday maybe someday space Space is like the one thing you're lacking anymore i know i need another that's how it always goes you get get new space and then you fill it up immediately yeah that's the golden rule yeah that's why i bought a smaller house when i moved out here (laughs) yeah let's talk about podium club all right i mean we've got a we're gonna have a youtube video coming out we're going to be doing a track review, so you can catch it here, you can catch it there, you can catch it in both places. But, but what were you? What were your thoughts on the weekend? We just, for those that haven't been following along, we just did a three-day track day, the track day massacre, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three different configurations. New track for us sounds like a new track for a lot of people. Um, it felt like it. Well, <laughs> yeah, it did feel like it uh everybody everybody you know i was talking to when you was honking at me on the way out that's what they were kind of stressing they were talking about um it was a common theme a lot of people coming to them saying hey i've never ran here this is my first time here uh, mm-hmm. a it's a new track b the two of the track organizations so track day massacre was put on by apex assassins legion mm-hmm. moto and break free track time uh break like Pull the brakes, not break. Not like an 80s break free. Like this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, not like that. The other the other type of break. All right. The other type. I only of know because I tried Googling it and I was like, this doesn't exist. And I was like, what? The-? <laughs> and I saw it. At, saw it while I was down there. I was like, oh, that's why I couldn't never find it. Okay. So break free is the local track day organization. But For Arizona. I- yeah. Podium, Podium Club is in Arizona. I know we kind of talked to Arizona earlier, but just to reiterate, Arizona. But Casa Grande. Apex, Apex Assassins is based in Las Vegas. Spent a lot of time out of Chuckwalla. Uh, Legion Moto is out of Colorado. So a lot of the people that were traveling with those organizations, it was their first time there. Yeah, which makes sense. Well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the, the Massacre part or just start with Podium Club part? Uh, let's, let's let's get the massacre part out of the way. All right, the massacre. All right, so the massacre was a, a winter track day event, as we just kind of said. Three groups, specifically holiday track day event. So, uh, three groups, three days, three different configurations. Nothing but motorcycling. Um, kind of one of the one of the craziest setups I've ever seen or schedules. I think we both kind of enjoyed it. Kind of other parts we didn't enjoy as much. Uh, but they ran a four-group format, but still 20-minute sessions. So you had an A group, a B1, a B2, and a C group. And then C group just didn't get their last 20-minute session at the end of the day. And they started at 8 a.m. instead of at 9 a.m., still ended at 5. So you were just rotating your time kind of forward 
every time, which got confusing. But you get an hour break in between each ride, which is kind of sweet, I feel like. Sometimes I, I get me, back and... I think me and you have slightly different opinions on that. Interesting. Okay. Well, so, so for me, it was like... It was nice because if I needed to do something, I had time to do it. Didn't have to worry about it. You know, if I needed to take an extra second to get... I wasn't like rushing to get my tower warmers on before anything died or whatever. But there were also times where I'd be like in the pits for what I felt like was 30 minutes and I should be going soon. And I'd look at the clock and it had only been 10. And I was like, I still have 50 minutes before mm -hmm. I go out. For me, maybe it's the age thing, but I don't want to go sit down for if I go sit down anywhere for 30 minutes, I might not get back up again. Mm -hmm. So I didn't necessarily like that much time off because it was hard to get going again. OK, so just enough to kind of almost put you in a power saving mode if you will yes start stiffening up all those yeah. kind of things but what i what i did like about it which, which might seem kind of weird but you know you get a day off work we all we all want to go to the track day we want to get a day off work and mm -hmm. you know it's a vacation day kind of exciting good weekend whatever uh when them track days are coming around when it's when it's faster like that it just seems like the day just comes and goes so fast and that's yeah, true when you had that hour break in between, you did get to sit around and enjoy the company of friends and, you know, different things like that. It was, uh, it was a lot less hectic in that way. And yeah, each day, day kind of longer. Each day felt, felt longer, which I mean, it was right. You start at eight. It is an extra hour total in your day, but it, it definitely felt more, more relaxed throughout the day. I'd say. So the only downfall from my standpoint, and I think you agreed with this downfall at least was just starting. So, early which is funny because we both kind of said you know in the past we started nine and we're like man we could start this earlier get more riding in and then they started an hour earlier and we're like whoa <laughs> it's too early especially for you coming from a hotel you know coming from a hotel you got to fill up with gas in the morning got to get over there and all of that it's it's a lot of uh and then if you want to stick around and hang out in the evening which there was definitely plenty to do in the evening i think we'll get into that in a second but it kind of turned into yeah like you said not a not a whole lot of sleep and a lot of early mornings yep so being that it was halloween weekend or the weekend leading up to halloween the thus the name track day massacre massacre the People massacre died. was halloween themed had some fun with that i was Pleasantly surprised with how many people got into the Saturday festivities. Yeah. And I, yeah, Saturday night was pretty sweet. All the people, you know, whether it was just lights or even just a guy in a camp chair with his bowl of candy, you know, in his trailer light. But a couple of people definitely had like weird pumpkin guys sitting on their bikes and stuff. The, the dude with the, uh, the tape on his lights. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Shout out to that guy. I told him it was cool because I wanted him to know there was a guy. There was a guy there that had the, you know, normally you tape off your headlights for a track day. He had taped off his headlights and then he had went and trimmed out the tape, carved out the tape. So it looked like a jack-o'-lantern on front of his bike at night. Yeah, he, he had to have put like orange or yellow tape underneath because the light was like coming through orangey yeah, colored, like pumpkin colored. So it was, it, it was more not. than just like a quick little, Hey, I have a smiley face on my bike. It, he put in some effort. Um, my favorite though yeah i'm I'm sorry my favorite that uh the monsters inc dude you know the guys that were walking around with the blow-up suits you know obviously yeah. there were multiple guys in like dinosaurs or whatever but i mm -hmm. still can't i brought it up like three times on the drive home there was a guy dressed like the blue monster from monsters inc or whatever is that right solely solely yeah uh, oh yeah that guy yeah, and I, uh, I grew up with that movie because i'm young Okay, well, his he, he was in that big suit that was blown up, and uh, his dog was getting a little out of control, so he was he was sternly discussing the situation with his dog, and I about fell over laughing just looking at this. What's the dog got to be thinking this? There's this giant blue monster thing that talks like his master that's telling him yeah. to knock it off and calm down. It just looked yeah, funny. I don't... I mean, my dog was kind of freaking out, like, what... What the hell is going on over here? So I can't imagine being like you said, like I know the voice, but what is this? Like you're not, I don't know you. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. Good good costumes. Uh, I think everyone handled, you know, kids coming around trick-or-treating. That was great. Uh, I, I appreciate when an event is good with the kids. I think that is very important because it takes money to do things like this. And so a lot of times, as we've noticed anyway, it's not teenagers out there. It's not young adults. Um, generally, it's a good mix, but there's also likely to be kids there. And if you make it kid-friendly you're more likely to get more people, right? Because if I, you know, if I'm married and have a family with a couple kids and I tell the wife, like, hey, I want to go ride motorcycles at the racetrack this weekend. She's like, wow, well, we need you here to do all this stuff or whatever. Or anyway, if they are welcome to come and not just welcome to come, but welcomed when they come, it makes it that much better. They're much more likely to let you go. And then the kids are excited the to be there. Yeah, excited to be there. They're from a young age. They're getting some good motorcycling and then seeing what that life is all about and get some uh, experience on that end. So that was very nice to see. Um, the, the DJ, the music, it was cool. We didn't, I don't think we watched the slow drags for too long, but it looked like they actually had a good amount of people show up and do it. So yep. Um, yeah, the, one, the one hit that I want to give the track day groups Uh-oh. for the event, when you pull up, there was no sign. I understand that it's mostly on Podium Club for not having a sign, but I feel like if you guys are listening, Legion, Apex, Break Free, whoever you are, for a racetrack like that where it is just so difficult, like Google Maps doesn't take you there that well, it's dark outside, there's no lights at the track to be like, oh, obviously there's a racetrack out there, just get some some of the stupid little signs. You can literally buy them at Walmart, stick them in the dirt on the side of the road saying, you're going the right way. Track day massacre this way, right here, you know, or whatever it might be. I think like three or four of those signs just saying like, yeah, hey, this is it. That just said track day massacre on it would have been perfect. So, but everyone made it. We made it. Wasn't too bad. That was just like my only annoyance that first night was like, I have no idea where we're going. So, well, it's this time of year. On Arizona time, they don't let you. They don't let you enter the track until six p.m. And it mm-hmm. was already dark. Just, just to point that yeah. out, would have been fine to see if, if it wouldn't have been dark, and out in the middle of a hayfield. Yeah, that's true. Like. They, they've got the like big, you know, shipping containers and whatnot. You can see all that, but not at you know, after leaving on the last day or. Yeah, just not not when it's dark out and there's no there's no lights out there. The parking lot, like there probably normally is lights. No light. There normally is lights, but it was a massacre, so maybe they were turned off. Oh, yeah, they had to keep it scary. scary yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, that's so, enough about well, all that. What about what about the track? I mean, after what all about that, it? important stuff? What about the track? Yeah. Um, and this well. I'll, I'll start off with saying that keep an eye out on the channel for the review. Uh, we're we're working on doing those as we get to different racetracks and the, now that we're doing them. But the track, yeah. Um, I think I was pleasantly surprised in some areas. I was pleasantly surprised on a personal level after like looking at it. I had only looked at a map. I had never watched videos or anything like that, but I looked at a map and I'm like, this is giving me like slight Roebling vibes. Mm-hmm. Like Roebling times two, maybe, right? Like Roebling and a half because it's got a couple more little turns and then big straight. And so from that aspect, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. The S's were more than what they look like on paper. Um, not necessarily more, but just a very different. Like it takes, it's not a lazy track. Like, like you said all weekend, it's not a lazy track by any means. And then it's also like each S has its own line that it wants. And it, it is a specific line that it wants. And if you don't follow it, you know. But it's also like you're kind of trying out different lines. Like I kept finding myself trying something. And then I'd be like way over on the next one or way under on the next one. Be like, nope, that wasn't it. You know, and and trying again the next way around. So pleasant surprise there. Um, I think it's got a really good flow not like the roller coaster flow that I would say the Ridge has or Carolina Motorsports Park even kind of had that flow a little bit where it's just a super simple, easy, but flow of straight, 
technical, half straight, technical straight, you know, and it was kind of a nice, um, easy rhythm to be in. Found myself picking up on it pretty quickly, um, but not perfecting it very quickly. In fact, I wouldn't say I ever got it anywhere. There were definitely, like, I left wishing that we had done the same configuration in all three days because there were certain turns that I kept trying just a little bit different, a little bit different, and never quite got it right. So, but I mean, that's why that's you do it, it right? Well, I will, right. I mean, nobody gets it perfect. There's no such thing. True. Maybe. There's got, there's got to be. There's got to be the perfect lap, you know? Everybody's always chasing it. Nobody's ever going to get it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because if anybody, if somebody finally nailed it, then, and everybody just got to that perfect point, then there'd be no reason to do it anymore. Well, I think, I think why no one will ever get it is because it's so dependent on conditions. Condition, bike. That's what I'm saying, like all the conditions, right? So the bike you're on, the tires you're on, the pressure of the tires, the temperature of the tires when you start, the temperature of the asphalt, the temperature of the air, the speed of the wind, the direction of the wind, the age of the asphalt, the amount of rubber. In, like there's so many different things that the perfect lap is always changing. So that's why no one can ever catch it. Because you might get it once, and you go and do that again the next time. It's not it anymore. It's changed. This is true. I will uh, double down with you on the S's. Okay. Looking at it on paper, watching some YouTube videos before going there, you know, all these kind of things to kind of prep mm -hmm. for it or just in anticipation and excitement. Actually going through those, much more dramatic in real life than I, I could have imagined from watching a video. Yeah, well, and so not to toot our own horn, but I think that's what I'm liking about our, hopefully they get a little bit better, but our track reviews, that I think they should give you a little bit better understanding. So I went back and watched the one, and I was like, I can see this so much better than just like a GoPro from someone's bike. Because I remember at, watching like... At speed. Yeah, right, at speed. You're basically with it with the video, you get to do a track walk, which a track walk gives you so much more. Oh, okay, this is what it actually looks like. So and maybe see the uh the elevation. Anyway, sorry, not to derail you on your S's. Oh no, you're good. Love the S's. Like I said, it took a lot of couldn't if you wanted to go fast. I mean, you could drive the track with not a lot of effort, but to go fast on the track, they forced you to really be animated throwing the bike yeah. around to get through them. And I appreciated that even though I'm still feeling it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, both of us spent most of the, most of the day after in a driver's seat. So yeah, it doesn't help. You've, you've got more days of that, but your seat's a lot more comfortable. It's like a couch. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm in a, in a lazy boy effectively. <laughs> yeah. I did halfway through the day. I was like, Oh yeah, I got to recline this thing. So pull the lever and lean back and past a semi and it's like so <laughs> like i said everybody everybody I, I say this about every track everybody should go to every track at least once and you should go back to the ones you like but yeah, yeah. i think i think people should try to experience as many tracks as they can this one definitely makes that list if you haven't been there or if you're in the area uh go out there and check it out it's a great track seems like a at least at least the track organizations that were there the medical staff it, it, it seemed well run in that aspect they were for the most part pretty quick getting when there was an incident getting mm -hmm. it cleaned up getting the next round going out uh we we did we did have an argument with one of the flag guys um <laughs> not, not directly but yeah uh, and it's it's my fault. I said a couple times I was going to go bring it up and be that guy. I didn't want to be a Karen, but th there was a corner worker that we kept pointing out. Not the kind of corner worker you're thinking about at home. We're talking about, you know, the flagman in a corner. Yeah, corner workers. Everyone knows. There's only one type of corner worker. Sure. So. At a, race, at a racetrack. At a racetrack. No, that outside ain't true of, either. Outside of that Las ain't Vegas. true either. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, one of the corner workers, this, this would be, this would be my point of, uh, and, and I should have, maybe I should have said something or whatever, but, uh, we love corner workers. They at the track, 
All right, we get it. The flagman. We're just going to say flagman from here on out. Because okay. the, apparently, the you can't guys, handle saying corner workers. So, a lot of times they're volunteers. Well, pretty much all the time in what we do, they're volunteers um, on a, different levels of training. Uh, different corners get different levels of training as well. Uh, some corners are deemed more important than others as far as for the flag person. So, you know, maybe the one that's actually holding the checkered flag has more experience than one in one of the other corners. Yeah. So the biggest thing to remember here is that they all have radios. So in the morning they have a meeting and they say, Hey, when we tell you to wave this flag, if you see something in your corner, get it on the radio and wave the appropriate flag. Here's what the That's flags fair. mean. I don't That's think they fair. get much more rundown than we do. Okay. So here's my, here, here's something that we witnessed at this track that there was a particular person flagging corner particular corner worker flagging, working, working the corner that was more involved than they needed to be with what was going on. They were walking out of their corner station, standing next to the track, taking cell phone footage from mm -hmm. a very close, close to the edge of the track, which I could care less about that. I'm again, not a Karen. My problem with it is they tended to carry whatever flag they were holding out to the edge of the track with them and would just be holding it not waving it, not holding it up, just holding it. And every time you come around the corner, here's this person standing there with a yellow flag draped down around their legs. Yeah. Sometimes it was a red flag. It, yeah. Yeah. And the, the hard part here is that I didn't really realize until this weekend how much of a, like a, a trigger, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of saying that, but like that, it, it literally is you're trained from your first track day that like the flags you have to know the flags pay attention to the flags you get these sighting like every day we did two sighting laps in the first session to go see the corner stations and see the flags right and standing yellow means no passing and it also usually means that there's something going on that they don't want you to pass because there's something going on on the track so when you come around a corner and there's a dude standing there with a standing yellow you're like Whoa, and it, it'll throw you off a hundred percent. And when you and look it wasn't over just, to see, when you look to see if he's waving it, he's taking a cell phone picture of you. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting there like grabbing his video footage of his buddy or whatever it might be. I don't know. Not trying to be too judgy, but there was definitely some times where I'd come around the corner and be like, What is going on? and throw me off and kind of have to reset, which really just freaks me out because I'm like was the guy behind me thinking when all of a sudden I stand up in the middle of a corner because I'm like looking for something ahead of me. So, or, or you were going in for that super sweet pass and you see a yellow flag and you're like, Whoa. And you, yeah. And you don't make your pass and then yeah, you roll off to not make the pass and cause more problems than it's worth. Uh, like you said, not trying to make too big of a deal out of it, but that was, that was something. I mean, we could have fixed that by saying something probably, but we did. We chose not to, so it, it progressed all three days. I just put it out like if if you ever find yourself corner working, working a corner, be it at a racetrack or whatever other venue, don't send mixed signals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're going to wear the short shorts, wear the short shorts. Don't send mixed yep. signals. Exactly. Yeah. Yellow flag if it needs it. Otherwise. But. Cool. Track there was awesome. Track was How awesome. How about that asphalt? The asphalt was, I mean, we, we got we to gotta talk about this because I have ran into a problem. with we, We've touched on it on this podcast, but I am going through tires. The the new, I'm currently going through it, right? The, the mm -hmm. new Dunlop profile, once I switched to it, I just started going through them. I mean, I'm, I'm tearing them up. I'm ruining them prematurely. I'm searching for some settings, trying to get that fixed at the other tracks that I commonly go to. But I think we talked about this on the last one, but I bought a takeoff old style Dunlop. That yep. was the bike I showed up to this track on, assuming I would get a 20 minute session out of it, maybe. And then I'm going to throw another tire on. I go mm -hmm. out there. And I come back after one session and it's like a sandy beach. It's re-rounded correctly. 
the sandy beach the sandy beach it is beautiful and what it, i ran it i ended up running it for like a whole day almost and yeah i mean you you seen it that thing was wore down it was about ready to start popping wires and it was it yeah. was beautiful perfect 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 wear pattern everywhere specifically the new ones what we've seen with with you is the shelving and it's not just you because when i went over with you to get a new set of tires i looked and every single one in the stack had shelving i'm like well you didn't go through eight of these so everyone else is having this issue also <laughs> and i don't know if that is there's so there is a part of me that wants to say that it is a um an amateur racer problem and that it's less gas and braking at lean than you need maybe but i don't think so i don't know i have no idea um but either way it's an issue that seems to be more than just you but specifically that you are dealing with and then yeah we get the you get the old one out there and it's just this beautiful the most perfect tire wear you've ever seen so but but in addition <laughs> On my other bike, my backup bike that I ended up running most of the second day, we mm -hmm. threw an R8 on there, which is a hard for mm -hmm. and Sandy Beach. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. Ran the whole day on it. I mean, it looked like I was going to get every ounce out of that tire. It just kept going and going and going, hardly wearing. It was doing great. And so what did I do? I threw a brand new R8, brand spanking new R8 with the new profile mm -hmm. without changing any settings. She wasn't a Sandy Beach when I came back. No, no. I no, and you know, now my question for you is you're using traction control on the 22, right? I play around with it, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's on. I wonder. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Yeah, I understand. I wonder if that's as part of it maybe the electronics kicking in because but that shelving also kind of looks like a lot of like tear going on at the yeah. like yeah they're tearing for sure but a third up from the bottom i but... wonder if electronics is kicking in and limiting power and causing that tire to kind of slip not slip i mean obviously the 2010 is not as extensive or as good but that it's on there also. And I, I get the yeah. same problem on it. Yeah. In Utah. Know. Weird. But you know what I, I, I want to talk about. Do it. So when you when I was there talking when you was on your way out, we mm -hmm. we had the tire conversation. Some people were they they heard us talking about tires and some other people were like throwing their own things in there. And they're I'm I'm leaving all the names out of it, but somebody there was saying, Hey, I'm a I'm a Pirelli guy, and my Pirellis always get tore up here. I threw a Dunlop mm -hmm. on and look at it; it's perfect. The new profile, like look at it; it's perfect. And there was somebody else there that said my Dunlops used to tear like crazy, like just shelf and tear them up. And I sat there working on it, you know, changing this and that. And finally, now they're just really nice. They've figured out how to make them run really nice. And everybody had. That's why I say I'm just going through it right now. I'm still searching. I haven't figured out the perfect setup, suspension, yeah. pressure, all that. Yeah. Apparently, we all got to go buy Kawasaki Ninja 400 RRRRRs, and then yeah, how about how about those, huh? How about those? There was a lot of them there. There were, I mean, there was one, two, basically, right next to us, and three. Yeah, because I guess they. Uh, I don't know if he had two of them. There's there one right next to us. Side by side. There was three of them if, right there in that row, but maybe yeah. that wasn't his. The two parked side by side, I don't know that they were both belonging to the one guy. I think someone else had one and just brought it over. I'm, I'm not sure on that. Uh, if he's listening, that's the man from North Dakota who thought he had won the furthest away challenge. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, you know, after talking to him, um, yeah, apparent, apparently that's the move. You know, uh, may or may not have been told that there was an R6 going up for sale because of this Ninja 400 RR. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, the R6, the beloved that we have yet to test. If someone's looking to sell one, let us know. Because uh, we're looking to add that to our list of tested out bikes. Or we could just stick with our uh, FC6R test and just call that 
the same. They're basically the same bike, right? So yeah, if that's offensive to a Yamaha guy, give us the R6 to test. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want us to just live with the FC6R as our only <laughs> Yamaha test. Uh, well, hey, I mean, apparently there's an R6 for sale now because of the Ninja. So, um, yeah. I, you're going to start seeing them pop up. It's just, I mean, we are seeing them pop up, but you're going to see a lot more of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, after talking to a couple of people, their only real complaint was, as everyone expected, the lack of aftermarket for it. Like, you can't even get race fairings yet. It also, if I, um, I mean, it's inline four, correct? Mm hmm. So, where is it in racing? Where does it sit? It doesn't have a spot yet. That's the problem. Because you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna be forced to go race six hundreds, right? And it it I don't think. No, it's not. It's not. So yeah, racing. No, I the right person could give a six hundred a run for their money, depending on the track. Oh, if there's for not sure. major straights out there. It's a smaller bike. It's gonna be able to maneuver around like crazy. But that's a pretty yeah, open statement you just made. That's yeah. a, that's a pretty open statement because the right person on a 400 can give a thousand a run for the money. So, yeah, no, I'm, that's why I said it because I'm like, well, I've seen, I, in fact, I've seen it this weekend. There was a, there was a little Ninja 400 that passed me in the middle of a corner. And I was like, all right, I'll just stay behind you. I'm on an RSV 4100, right? And so we hit the next straight and I think he expected me to blow him down. And nope, I just stuck right behind him. Then at the end of the straight, here comes this other RSV 4 and just boom, passed both of us. And then we both almost passed him on the inside of the corner because he held his braking so late that he couldn't stick it through the corner. Almost got him. And then we're literally just right behind him, right on top of him the whole way. And I was like, see, man, see, you can learn a thing or two from these guys. <laughs> Usually they know what they're doing. And I was just laughing because I'm like, here I am on the same bike as the guy in front of us. And here's this Ninja 400 stuck in the middle. And he's keeping up just fine. We have... Yep. I think probably four times, no, more than that. Yeah, four no, times. about uh, four times four the horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, there's no class for it yet. And if there was a class, it would be the only one in its class. Unless they yeah. lump it with the, the the twins, but you can't because it's... Just a little... Just a little yeah. less. So, I mean, so... Uh, riders being the same, you're not gonna you're not gonna go take down an R6 with one. You're not gonna you're not gonna have a chance at an R6 or right or or a Jixer 600 or any of those. You're not gonna have a chance. At all things being equal, meaning IE rider, mm -hmm. you're not gonna have a chance. So they're 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 a bike without a home. I I I really want to drive one. I hope that I hope that they sell enough of them that. You know, some of you sleepers, Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, maybe they'll have to make something to combat it. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm interested to see. I haven't actually done much research on it yet, but the Aprilia 457. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't remember if that's a another parallel twin or if that wasn't in line four. I don't know. Um, but I'll have to now after seeing the Ninja 400 RR, it's just RR, right? Um, yeah, I just like saying R. Yeah. And it, I mean, it revs out to like 16 or 17,000 freaking RPM, but it doesn't have power. So you can actually like, it's, it's kind of the dream bike that we've always talked about. Um, besides the fact that it has a Kawasaki label on it, we'll, we'll get over that for a little bit, but talked about how like the big bikes are just, they're too much. And especially out on the street, you never get a chance to use that. This little guy should be the, like the perfect you get the screaming, you get all that cool craziness. You feel like you're on a super sport, but you're not actually breaking the law necessarily yet. You probably still are, but not as easily. So you actually get to kind of use it. And on the racetrack, from what I heard, I talked to you know a couple different people. They said it's it's sweet because it is fun. It feels like a 600 because the power band is so long and it's got that high RPM rev. But it's, it's lightweight, like a 400. So it doesn't tire you out at the end of the day. You can ride it and ride it and ride it. And you ain't buying three sets of tires a day. So there's that. I just double checked. 16,000 RPM red line. Okay. Sweet. Perfect. So I don't know. Definitely want to test one of those, um, but also want to 
I don't know. I mean, I want to test every bike. We'll test one. Wrapping up the podium club. I said we gotta enjoy it while we're here in case we never get it back get back. And you're like, Nope, we'll be back. So you must have liked it enough. Yeah, no, I definitely want to go back. Um, there's two reasons for that. One, I I did. I did like it enough in in both directions. Um, and at, on the last day, so we just for the knowledge for anyone that wasn't there, I think most of our listeners were there, but uh, if you weren't there, you missed out. You should have gone. But we were running counterclockwise the first day with a chicane, clockwise the second day without a chicane, and counterclockwise the third day without a chicane. I almost missed the chicane on the third day. I will say the track flows better without it, and it was exactly what I thought, which is like the first day you come you know, you come over this little kind of almost blind corner. You're like, oh, man, there's a chicane here. I got to go hit that. On the third day... You just come over and you do the next turn and it's easy. But the chicane allowed me to not feel so bad about the corner after it because I was already slowed down from the chicane. Whereas on a third day, I kept like going into that corner and breaking super early because I was used to the chicane speed of the first day. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. Uh, what you just called a super simple corner, though, that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite corners. I like the I like the sharp yet high speed. That's my okay. sharp, sharp, high speed knee down. That's yeah. my, that's my favorite corner. So yeah. And that so was I like a, a more than 90, right? If I remember right. Yeah. Close to, it was a good one. It was a fun <laughs> one. Yeah. It was a fun one. And it was, it was, we talked about elevation. We'll talk about elevation in the review, but mm -hmm. that, that was what you would consider a downhill on that. It yeah. Was, was actually a downhill turn as well in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I will say um I think it's the biggest like the biggest reason I want to go back is that it's not one where I'm like oh man they're running the chicane today I don't want to go. Or man we're running clockwise today I don't want to go. Every one of the configurations we did I was like I want to try this again I want to improve on this. I want to try this over here, this over here, this whatever. So I definitely want to get back there. Um not sure when, you know, it's kind of a three or four day trek across the country for me. So not sure when we'll be able to do that, but who knows? But yeah, I would love to love to go back. And also the second reason is that the podium club, I was a little disappointed um, because in, in my head it had been built up to be this awesome, crazy, cool place with all this sweet stuff. And I understood that, you know, they only finished phase one, but like I called the track asking about RV hookups and they're like, Oh yeah, no, we don't have that in phase one. I was like, okay. And that's when it started to kind of finally sink in. I'm like, oh, this is just a racetrack right now. There's nothing else out there. And sure enough, we show up. And it, they did very well, I think, for what they have. Um, Agreed. Agreed. The paddock is paved. The lines are painted. There are porta potties there. They were being emptied out. The garbages were being emptied. They could have put a few more cans out, but whatever. Uh, but there were cans available to be put out. Um, so for where they're at, they were doing fine. But I was a little let down because in my head, I built it up to be this awesome, crazy, cool facility. And it's just not there yet. Yeah. So in uh, the desert. Yeah. I would love to go back and see that continue to to gain and be better yeah. and whatever else. So and we're rooting, we're rooting for them. We hope we hope it goes according to plan or is going according to plan. And and it, it reaches those goals because, man, if it ever gets to where those initial drawings were. I, I'm. I gotta. I gotta move to Arizona. I gotta go buy a house out there. No, you don't have to move there. You just buy a house and then just rent it out. There you go. Well, we're doing a track review, so we've done enough. We've done enough with the podium club. We're doing it to death. Yeah, love the podium yeah. club. Thanks for having it, us. It was enjoyable. Real, real quick, the RS four fifty seven is a parallel twin. So it's gotcha. literally just a baby RS six sixty. Which I do still also want to ride one of those. Um, we already said we want to ride every bike, so yeah, yeah, yeah we ain't got to list them all. Uh, I did hear an R7 this weekend that actually sounded the the best R7 I have heard. I'm not gonna say I liked it per se, but it sounded better than the other R7s that I've heard. So kind of interesting. Fair enough. I'll bet you haven't watched any MotoGP. Absolutely not. So should we just skip it for your benefit? 
Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about it, you can talk about it. I know the results. I kind of figured we have a week off this next week, so we'll just recap this race next week. Call it good for you guys since we were at the podium at the Massacre this weekend. Figured we kind of talk about that. And I I got a redemption shot on the Aprilia, you know, kind of excited about that. So, yeah, yeah I was just going to gloss over MotoGP. No one cares about it anyway. The championship's kind of decided. Like what everyone kind of attitude is that? Everybody it. cares. Speak for yourself. I'm just saying everyone everyone knows he's going to take the championship, so, like, it doesn't even matter. This championship was decided like six races ago. What are you talking about? It's obvious who's going to win. Are you in the same season? Yeah. Are you watching it's, the same season? Are you still watching 2019? 2019, again? right? <laughs> Gosh. Nobody knows who's going to win. I mean, no. they've got to narrow, uh, narrow down to a guy or two. But aside from that. It's what? Down to 16 points, I think. Yeah, or thir- thirteen. It's thirteen because I was looking at it and I was like, "Holy cow, man! There's three races left." If November, November, I think there's only two. No, there's three. There's there there's three? three sprints, three races. Okay, so yeah, three full weekends left, and I'm just like, it. it there is not. It is going to go to the last race. I hope so. Well, I guess the second to last. Like if someone wrecked out, then it could it could end there. But so so I will say though, just. Since we're just glossing over, if you don't watch MotoGP and you want to just watch a race and you don't care about championships, you don't care about any of that, you just want to watch a good motorcycle race, watch that race. <laughs> How many races have we said that about this this year? Well, I watch them all. You know that. I, I, was, I'm, I got World Superbike going right here. Yeah, but there was like Road America, best superbike race ever. You oh, have yeah. to go watch that. We've talked about 2015 Australia plenty of times. That's always our, like, compare this to that one. Last week, Australia, you were like, you have to go watch Australia. Australia, You have to go watch all of them. Man, they're good. Yeah, I mean, and that that speaks for it. Uh, Don't listen to the, you have to watch just this one. Just go watch all of them. Especially right now, you can get the rest of the season for 95% off or whatever they keep sending emails for. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it just but, pretend it's the playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, the, the last race, I'm willing to bet there are three left with a 13-point gap. These next three races are going to be insane. I think it's going to go all the way to the end, and that last race is actually going to... like the ra- It's one of the few times that the last race of the season is the decider for the World Championship. Just like unheard of because both those dudes will show up with their championship. So usually there's a rider that's so far ahead that they start planning their championship like celebration thing well in advance, right? Like Fabio a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, they had it ready for every track at a certain point. They're like, all right, he could take it this one. He could take it this one. He could take it this one. And then once he finally does, they're like, oh, sweet, roll it. They have to have that for two people right now. And it, it's going to be up until the end of the last race, unless one of them wrecks out before then, that they're just sitting on standby. Like, that's impressive. Because also, how much merchandise is going to get thrown out? It that, it never gets thrown out. You, that's why you see, like, kids, kids in third world countries wearing shirts that say NFL world champion. It's like a team that's never won the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Well, how many kids in throw world countries are going to get some sweet Ducati gear this year? Because yeah, that part's guaranteed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Not, not pretty much just period. It, so it is so, and it's almost, well, you got to watch that race. The only, because... thing, the only thing Ducati doesn't get this year is rookie of the year, which arguably yeah. they, they still should. I, I would argue, but yeah. agreed. But they, they, uh, it'll be a Ducati sweep this yeah. year. Yeah. Top three. What you gonna do? I don't know. Tell BMW to get over there. I Wait keep for calling the them. supposed news of you haven't called the CEO. Oh, I, I call them all. None of them answer. No. I'll, I'll call the CEO of BMW. All right. Get it going. Yeah. Have that done by next week, will you? Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll get rid right on it. I've got plenty of time in the car. I'll just call him while I'm in the, I'm, I guess it's not really a car, but I'll give him a call. All right. All right well, on that note, talk, 
No. Uh, Sorry. What? Go. What'd you say? On that note, what? Were you about to end it? Yeah, man. What do you got to say? Well, we got to talk about what the... It's winter time, man. What are we doing? What's the plan? Well, we got weeks to talk about that. I'm making some... I'm making some Chuck Walla plans. December 15th, 16th, 17th. Okay. All right. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to... Get I'm my going bikes put back together. <laughs> Get your bikes put back together. Go check out a Florida track. Thinking about it, probably in January. I think uh, the, the hardest part is I actually I was looking a couple weeks ago because I was like, all right, I got to find my next track day, and no one had their 2024 schedules out yet. So, be kind of interesting because I know people I know people run in in Florida in January. So, we'll see. Let me see. I got to figure this out. January. I don't know if that'll work for me. I mean, I'm pretty sure I got to make a trip over there in March. Maybe. I don't know. I'm also trying to figure out how I'm going to squeeze one in around April, Texas. But I'm waiting for a 2024 schedule. That's the biggest thing. I'm waiting for the schedule right now. But anyway, Jixer needs some work. Or probably may or may not get race fairings. I don't know. Probably not yet. But we're on the verge of that. Um, another couple track days. And, you know, I told told the wife I am very upset that I ever wrecked it. Specifically, that I wrecked it the first time I took it to the track. Wait, isn't that just a common? Yeah. So yeah, um, obviously you wreck a bike, you're upset with yourself. You've got it. <laughs> but the entire weekend on the Aprilia, I'd be going around a turn, pretty confident, pretty good, no issues, and then in, in the back of my head, it'd just be like, "Hey man, this bike's just gonna wipe you out right now." And I'm like, "Oh come on, like." everything's good the tires are sticky and it like it felt fine but that was a weird part was when i did lay it down it didn't feel like it was going to do that and it was an off-camera turn colder day what you know whatever the conditions weren't there and i'm sure that that tire actually the tire made the difference um but it's like in the back of my head kind of permanently now and it's going to take a little bit to actually it was it was always in the middle of a corner. I'd be like, I right, push it just a little further, and then the back of my head would just be like, "Are you sure you want to do that? This thing could just give out." I'm like, "Oh, come on! Like, why you got to do that?" I didn't have that. I shook that off in a hurry. Well, that's good. <laughs> On your approach. yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, conveniently, you, yeah, you never had the other experience. Uh, so, but, well, now what do you do? Because your fairings are damaged anyway. So the hardest part is that being in 2019. 1100 factory it's hard to find parts for a period so i gotta see if there's even race fairings available for it or i might just be putting 2018 fairings on it i don't know but yeah i agree the the weird part is that the tank is messed up so the front fairing got all all butchered bought a new one the side fairing isn't in the best shape but it works well enough Right, and so I put it all back together that way. But the tank has chipped paint all over it. It's and a race that's bike. like that's the thing, though, is if I put race fairings on it, you know, when you put fresh race fairings on, you want it to look nice. You know, you just got your BMW wrapped; it looks all nice. It's all fresh. You're ready to go. Like, yeah, after you wreck it once, it's like okay, you can kind of turn to the the duct tape and the rattle can a little bit now, and we just <laughs> got to make this work now. But you know, when you first pull it out, it's gotta it's gotta look good. It's gotta impress the people. That's why I'm saying I wouldn't put fairings on it. I just wreck what's on it off of it. I did that already. <laughs> we'll do it again. I mean, at this point, you put it back together. Uh, I'm thinking maybe you just run it until you wreck it good enough. You need to put race fairings the issue on it. The issue with that is that I could take these street pieces that are in good condition, like the headlights, and I could sell them for some good money. If I could wreck it again and they crack or get scratched up or whatever, then I just have two sets of Aprilia headlights that are worthless to me. Well, take the headlights out. Then I'd need something to go there, which would be... No, you wouldn't. A fairing. What were you pointing out to me? What? The BMWs with no headlights. Yeah, that's not, how these, with... that's not how these ones work. Okay. Trust me, I've replaced it. <laughs> I put a new one in there. I looked at it. <laughs> so, All right. Unfortunately, it don't work like that. Otherwise, I would consider doing that. Um, that wouldn't be a bad option, but I don't know. It's going to be uh, interesting. There's a there's some other things. Uh, rear axle rod, maybe. Yep. They need to replace first. Um, so we'll get that make buttoned up. We'll get the jigsaw all finished up. Get the oh, we never finished that story. The freaking brakes. You got a whole video about that. Yeah, 
be be watching for the the Brembos that weren't at the well they were there but not on the bike at the massacre. The Brembos we'll could have been. Yeah, there you go. They were, but they weren't. So, um, but yeah, got to get the Jixer all back together. Go get those brakes tested. Probably head to Florida in January. I don't think I can come out to Chuck with you in December. So you have fun with your your new friends. What kind of crap is that? What do you mean? Nothing. I hooked you up, man. I, I gave you a family. Really? And you have taken you have taken the family and ran away with it. So, so, uh, yeah. That's another story. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, are we done? Yeah, we can be done. I don't know why you're trying to rush that. You know, this is lyrical I... genius over here that you're just trying to rush. <sighs> I know that's not no. the right word, but it sounded right. So. Do the like, it subscribe. Felt, it felt thing. right in the heart. Oh, Do yeah. Do the like, all right. subscribe thing, and let's get out of hey, here. If you're still here and listening, uh, make sure you like our video. I'll throw some comments down. Let us know what you want us to do in the winter. We're about to run out of MotoGP to talk about. Sounds like we're still going to try and keep it a little busy, but if you just hear us talk about, well, today in the garage, I changed the oil on the Suzuki. We can't really do that for an hour. So throw us some ideas. we got a Harley episode coming up. It's finally going to be time for that. So those of you that hate that lifestyle or whatever <laughs> and are going to go unsubscribe from the channel, sorry, it's going to be there. The rest of you, <laughs> um, be looking forward to that. Might find some off-road people to talk about. Absolutely. Possibly. I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see that side of the world. I'm not as familiar with that as you, so that'd be kind of cool for me. Yeah. Throw some comments what you would like to hear about, or if you think we're just doing great, go ahead and throw it in there. If you were at the massacre, you know, fist bump in the comments down below. Hit that like button. Subscribe Tell to the channel. The flag guy. Tell us if you agree with the flag guy problem. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know on the flag guy. I don't want to get the flag guy in too much trouble, but that flag guy needs to talk to. He cannot flag like that. The corner <laughs> worker. He's got to wear longer shorts or longer shorts. Something. Yes. yes. Anyway. Um, okay. Subscribe, download, whatever it might be on your platform. We love you. Thank you. See you next time. Till next time.